I want to ask you to turn to the same book our pastor from Ukraine referred you to, and that is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I know you have, most of you, a different translation than what I will be reading from, but there are some real similarities, and I don't think you'll have a problem to follow along as uh, we look at this portion of Scripture together. If I was starting out in ministry, I would, I would be using the same translation that your church uses. It's a fine translation, and it's an excellent one in every way. But um, <clears throat> just over the next few weeks... I will be using a, excuse me, a translation that's just a little bit different. I have been a human being for over 74 years, and I need encouragement. I have been in ministry for 54 years. I've been a husband for 51 years. I've been a father for 50 years, and I've been a grandparent for 23 years. And believe me, I need encouragement. Now, how can you tell if someone needs encouragement? Just check to see if they're breathing. Because if they're breathing, they need encouragement. Everyone around us needs encouragement. And we can be God's messengers by sharing with them words of encouragement. Now, we can't get to everyone around us, and we can't meet the needs of everyone around us, but we can have a few opportunities that come our way, and we can take advantage of those opportunities every day of our lives, whether it's in our church or in our homes or in the place where we work or somewhere else. One way that God gets to people, one way that God makes people consider the possibility of following Christ, one way God builds great families and great relationships and changes lives is through the principle and the power of encouragement. When Paul looked upon this church in Thessalonica, the church that, that he began, the church that he fathered, he, he knew that they were coming along. They, he says in chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, that their faith was growing and their love was growing. And he knew that they were being obedient and that they were following Christ in a very special way. But he also knew that they were living in very, very challenging times. And so he knew that they needed encouragement and they needed hope. And, and he knew that as their spiritual father, he had to send them this word. Beginning with verse 16 of chapter 2, he said, May our Lord Jesus Christ himself, God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us internal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. That's a great word for even us today, because all of us, all of us need courage, and all of us need hope. If we could only see through God's eyes, could fully see the pressures and the demands of those people that are right around us, if we could only see the anxieties some of those people have, the fears some of those people have, the hurts that some of those people have, those people who actually even live in our homes, Sometimes we don't know all that they're going through, and you certainly don't know all that's going on in the life of that person who's sitting right next to you this morning. But God says, I want to give you courage and I want to give you hope. If we could really see what's going on, we would want to get out of ourselves 
and begin to touch those around us with a little bit of encouragement, but it isn't easy. It's hard to be a source of encouragement and strength and hope. I think all of us would admit that. We don't always have it in us. And others don't always inspire us in this area of our lives. And that is why the first job of those who want to grow great family members, the first job for those who want to make a difference in some of the people around them, is to make sure they are soaking up for themselves the love and the encouragement of God. Several months ago, I had the funeral service for Wilma Mickelson. Wilma was a well-known woman in our, in our um, community. She was an interesting woman in that she was always talking with people, sharing with people, and she was yet kind of shy and so- somewhat inward, and she wasn't forward at all. If you were to say to her when you were sitting around some tables, Wilma, what is it that you do? She'd say, well, I'm a farmer's wife. And that's exactly what she was, but she was very, very special. And, and one day when I was visiting with her, and this was when the beginning of her illness was starting to take place, and, and the family asked me to go in and encourage her to see the doctor, we were talking about all of that, and then I said, Wilma, you're... Your way of encouraging people is just tremendous. Where do you get the encouragement for yourself that you need to do that? And she said, I get that encouragement. And she said it right away, and she said it fast. She said, I get that encouragement every morning from God's Word. I need to get up, and I need to get into God's Word before I do anything else, because that is where I get my focus changed, and I need that focus changed almost every morning. That is where I learned that I've got to reach out to someone during the course of the day. And that's where where I ask God to lead me to that person. She said, that's where I find out over and over and over again just how much God loves me. And that's how much I find, that's where I find how much I know he wants to do for me and how much he wants to do through me. And I need that time and it's got to start there every day. She said, let me share with you the verse I found today. And she turned to Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. And if you're writing down anything, you may want to write down that location. Zephaniah 3, 17. And she says, these are the kind of verses I, I look for as I'm reading the word of God. It says, the Lord your God is with you today, and he is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. And he will quiet you with his love, and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now she says, when you read something like that, how can you keep it to yourself? You've got to share it with those around you. And she said, when I read often just a chapter a day, but I keep reading that chapter till God speaks to me, and I keep reading it until he gets to me, and when he gets to me and I find some encouragement in God's love or I find some direction in God's purpose, then she says, I keep that, and sometimes I even write it down because I want to pass that on to someone during the course of the day. That's why our church was loaded when she had her funeral. That's why people were sitting out in the foyer during the funeral. That's why people, when they were sitting around the tables after the funeral, were all talking about how Wilma had encouraged her at one time or another. 
Now, what is Paul saying in chapter 2? Notice verse 13. He says, and he's encouraging them, I always want to thank God for you who are loved by the Lord. Isn't it great to hear you're loved by the Lord? And then he goes to verse 16 and he says, Our Lord Jesus Christ and God our Father loves us. Don't ever forget that. And by his grace, what does he do? He gives us eternal encouragement and good hope. What is Paul saying today? He's saying when God looks at you and looks at me, he loves us with a profound love and he exists to encourage us and to strengthen us and to direct us as we go through the course of the day, which would give us the hope we need to face whatever comes into our life if we will just walk with him and begin that day with him. And here's the amazing part. He loves you not because you are good. He loves you not because you have achieved a certain amount in your life. He loves you simply because because he loves you. He doesn't even love you because you love him. He just loves you because you are his child. Could you ever picture God, if you can use your imagination, could you ever picture God up in heaven? And uh, I don't know, maybe he's standing behind a pulpit, maybe he's standing alone, but he's got an angel here and he's got an angel there. I can picture this once in a while. And he pokes the angel. And he says, you see that kid down there? Now that kid may be 53, that kid may be 74, that kid may be 20. I don't know what God might do. But he might poke this angel and say, you see that kid down there? That's my son. That's my daughter. I gifted him. I have plans for her. I never will give up on her, and I will never let him go. Because my son died on the cross for them. My son paid the penalty of their sin. So when I see them down there, they're pure. When I see them down there, they're pure in Christ. They're my children. They're part of my family. And I plan to spend eternity with them. And you don't have to take my word for it that that could possibly happen. Just read the word of God. It's filled with one love letter, one love verse after another from our Heavenly Father. And you know what? You need them and I need them before we're ever going to be able to share that kind of love with the people that are around us. Walking down the road of life is long sometimes, often demanding. And we need that love and we need that encouragement from our Father. And when we have that love and we have that encouragement, then we can go out and we can touch those around us and we can make a difference in the life of one here and one there through encouragement, through touching them with the encouraging love of Jesus Christ. Jesus had to even do this. In Mark 1.35, it says very early in the morning, he got up and he left the house and he went off to a solitary place so he could just talk about things, so he could pray, so he could commune with the Father because he had to get into that touch with his Father before he would go out and do the things he did in the course of the day. So when you read the Word of God, not only use it as a... A devotional guide, don't only use it as a guide to help you learn what it is all about in following Christ, but pick up things that you can discuss with friends or share with a co-worker or share with others that might have need along the day. 
Now, I have to do that as well. I get up in the morning and I get into the Word of God, and believe it or not, I do look for that thing that touches me that day, that thing that encourages me that day, that, that word that is, is just what I need for that day, and I always write it down on a 3 by 5 card, and that 3 by 5 card goes with me because I don't want to forget it, and I pull it out from time to time in the course of the day, and when I can use it with another person, I do. I do that, and I have to be in that word because I don't have enough strength to go alone. I don't have enough love to give love away every day. I sometimes get down, and I forget the best way to get up is to reach out to other people and quit thinking about myself and my needs. And sometimes there are people who count on me and need to count on me, and they don't look very good to me. So I've got to get into the Word, and I've got to fill my tank, and I make sure that I've got God's love in me. But let me tell you something else. Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 4 says, The Lord, sovereign Lord, has given me an instructed tongue to know the Word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, and he wakens my ears to listen like one being taught. What is that verse saying? It's Isaiah 54. It's saying God, who is the all-time encourager, says he will actually instruct us and give us the words we need to be an encourager as we live out our lives. And he wants to even show us who that person is as we go through our daily walk. He'll teach us and teach us and teach us as we learn to find who we are to look out for as we go through the day. It might be a neighbor who just got a bad medical report. It might be a coworker who feels overwhelmed by the workload. It might be a family member who feels hurt and neglected. It might be a friend who just needs a friend nearby. And what does God require of you, his student, As one who's being taught, God says, cry out to me, listen to me, get the message I want for you, because I want you more than anything to see how much I love you, and then I'm going to nudge you as you go through the day so you can pass that message on to someone else. And when Jesus is leading you, and you are responsive, that is supernatural encouragement, and it's even more powerful than just encouragement. Now, quickly, I want to go through three possibilities. There's a lot of ways to encourage people, and I want to go through three that that I use on a pretty regular basis, and maybe they'll be of help to you as well. And one of the best ways to practice encouragement is by celebrating the people right around us. My dad found that out when he was 55 years of age. Maybe he never found that out earlier because his father never did find it out. He never found out how important it is to celebrate the people around us. We, when I grew up, I was always taught, look at your weaknesses and work on those weaknesses. And it wasn't until I got into my 50s when people started saying, no, we've got to see our strengths and we've got to celebrate our strengths. We've got to build on those celebrates, sit on those strengths, and we've got to use them for God's glory. 
That made all the difference in the world. And I started looking for the strengths in people. I started looking for the possibilities in people. I started seeing people in a whole different light than I used to see them. And I used to celebrate some of those things that were so powerful in their lives and so positive in their lives, and it turned them around. Notice what Paul says in verse 17. He says, when the love and the encouragement of God fills you up, it enables you then, and here's verse 17, to encourage the hearts and to strengthen in every good deed and word the lives of others too. Celebrating people. Tom was, well, he owned and he ran an accounting business. He was very successful, but he wasn't fulfilled. Because he was a successful accountant, we always made him the treasurer of the church, and he did that year after year after year. And he did a great job, but he wasn't fulfilled. And for years, the leaders of the church where Tom worshipped never saw the potential in Tom and never saw really what he was all about. We took Tom for granted, and we didn't really know who he was. And one day when I was in the church foyer, I was talking with someone else, and I overheard Tom talking with another man, a very young man. And I listened, and I heard that the, saw that the young man was listening to him very intently, and the young man was just drinking in everything Tom had to say. And he, he, he really, as the young man picked it up, not only listened to Tom, but he, he understood him. And he knew that Tom understood him, and he knew that Tom was trying to encourage him, and he realized that what Tom was saying was very important. So I watched Tom after that, and I saw a different Tom than I had seen up to that point. I saw Tom was relating to men almost all over the place in our church. I'd never seen that before. So a couple weeks later, the Sunday school teacher of our men's class asked if he could be away for a Sunday. He wanted to go visit some some family members. And I said, sure, because I was anxious to see what Tom would do. And I went over to Tom and I said, Tom, will you teach that men's class? And he came back with a ready yes. When the class was over, I was walking down that same hall and they were coming out of the classroom. And I said, well, Tom, how did it go? And Tom said, it was fun. During the week, I talked to a couple of the men who attended the class and I said, how did that class go with Tom? And they said, boy, he's terrific. So I had lunch with Tom, and I discussed the possibility of him developing a men's ministry. And he said, two days later, after thinking about it, after praying about it, he came back to me and he said, if you take away all my financial responsibilities, I'll run a men's ministry. We let him go. He now is on the staff of a much larger church. And his responsibility is just men's ministry in small groups. And Tom is thriving. Every time I see him and every time I hear from him, he talks about how great the Lord is and what God is doing in his life. After decades of research, the Gallup organization said, learn to celebrate the strengths of people rather than, their, rather than critiquing their weaknesses. Why? Because that inner strength will come out, and when the inner strength comes out, there's going to be hope there. And when there's hope, you've developed something powerful in that person. 
And your kids need to hear that, and your mates need to hear that, and your friends need to hear that, and your relatives need to hear that, and those people you work with, you need to hear that, and all those people you have contact with. But beyond celebration, sometimes we've got to encourage people by not coddling them and by challenging them to use their God-given strength. Actor Will Smith was being interviewed one night on television, and he told of the time when he was 15 and his brother was 16, and his father asked them to repair a 16 by 14 foot wall out in front of their business. Will said he had to dig a six foot long trench. And they had to tear down the old wall and they had to begin to rebuild the new wall. And he said, it was the most impossible thing I've ever encountered in my life. A few years later, his dad was interviewed by a reporter and he was asked about that experience and why he allowed that to happen to his kids. And he explained that he always gave his kids a tough job. He says, when kids are growing up, They need something that looks impossible for them to do, and then you tell them they've got to go out and do it. Because there are going to always be walls in their life to get over. Will was interviewed about it not too long ago, and he said, my dad helped us get over one wall. He didn't help us much, but he made us do it. And we've never been scared to take the first step for the higher walls that have come into our life. In the passage that we're going to look at next week, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, the brother, half-brother of Jesus and the son of Joseph said, God our Father wants us to be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. So sometimes he challenges us. And I want to challenge you this morning, whether you're a dad or a mom or a mentor or a friend or whatever you might be, I want to challenge you to begin thinking about how God might use you, how God the Father might be challenging you right now to build your strength and to build your package of encouragement from God on high so that you can celebrate the strengths of others, but also challenge them sometimes to build on those strengths. And then there's a third way. We exercise the ministry of encouragement by clearing away obstacles. In my first church, we had a young woman by the name of Dortha. She never thought she would go to college. Nobody in her family even thought about the possibility. She was a bit shy, and yet she was known all over town, and it was a town of about 28,000 people. She was the girl's director of the YMCA, so a lot of people knew her. The young girls in town just loved her, and they came after school to her classes, and and they just enjoyed being with her, and she was a mentor to many of them. But her job was part-time, and it was often repetitious because she had to keep repeating teaching those classes the Y wanted her to teach. As I watched her, I couldn't picture Dortha doing the same thing almost every day, over and over again, year after year. She couldn't either, but she didn't tell anyone. 
And one day I went up to Dortha when I was at the Y, and it seemed like she had a break, and I said, Dortha, have you ever thought about going to college? And she smiled, and she simply said, oh, that's not for me. And I said, Dortha, I think you can do it. And there was a period of quiet, and then she looked at me, and she said, oh, there's just too many obstacles. Obstacles like finances, like family, like fear of failure, like moving. And she was engaged. She did call us a couple weeks later, though, and came over to the house, and she said, I just want to talk. And one by one, we talked about our obstacles, and we talked about how to get around them. And we spent some time in prayer with Dortha before she left, asking God to help her step by step being able to clear away these obstacles. Finally, she sent an application to Grace College in Monona Lake, Indiana. Didn't tell her family. She didn't think she'd be accepted, so she didn't say anything. She was accepted in less than two weeks, and she couldn't believe it. With a lot of hesitation and a lot of fear, Dortha went off to Grace College at 28 years of age to attend school, but also to be the roommate to a 19-year-old girl with no idea what to expect and with a family back home that was hesitant about it all. But she got into school, and she loved it, and she did very well, and she grew as a person. And there was lots of change in her life because she grew spiritually as she faced challenge after challenge. She came back to our town ready to be an elementary teacher. The kids loved her. She's been nominated many, many times as Teacher of the Year for her district. She's even been selected as the Teacher of the Year for the state of Indiana. She's had one award after another because of her teaching ability And for 37 years, Joan and I, every June, have received a thank you letter from Dortha. First of all, praising the Lord for all of her blessings, but then thanking us for clearing those obstacles out of her life by just spending time with her. You see, words of encouragement can be life-changing words. They can bring new motivation to our own lives. Mark Twain said one time, I could live for a whole month on one good compliment. Now turn back one page to 1 Thessalonians 5, if you still have your Bibles open. When you get to 11, Paul is closing that first letter to the church, and he says, this is what I want you to see. I want you to encourage one another I want you to build each other up just in fact as you are doing. Christian encouragement. It's more than just a pat on the back. As valuable as that can be. One writer put it this way. It's the kind of expression that helps someone want to be a better Christian even when life is tough. Oh, how we need to encourage each other. We're going through some tough, tough days. Things are not easy for us. 
We are facing a lot of obstacles in our country and in our personal lives and in our work lives in a whole variety of ways. And we need to be together. We need to share together. We need to encourage each other. And we need to do it in such a way that we're going to make each other better Christians, even though life is tough. And we're going to make each other fulfilled Christians, even though life is tough. And we're going to clear out the obstacles for some of the people around us just by hearing what's going on in their hearts and in their minds. And, oh, boy, if you can just do that. That's power. And you could do that, no matter who you are, starting today. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, how we thank you for your encouragement. How we thank you that you have said we can do all things through Christ. We thank you for how you've over and over and over again when you told us that you're involved in every issue of our life and every plan of our life in Romans 8. Over and over again you tell us also how much you love us and how much you care about us. We thank you for all of your encouragement and all of your strength and all that you're trying to do within our lives. Oh, God, we just don't take time to see it. We don't take time to hear it. We don't take time to face it. But, God, we're going to turn that around, and we're going to begin to look for your encouragement first, and then we're going to look for your instruction and guidance so we know who to encourage that's in our lives even now. God, we have a little fear in doing that, so help us. Give us super spiritual strength. Give us super spiritual wisdom. Give us super spiritual power that comes only from you, but is promised to us because you love us. In Jesus' precious name, amen.